There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, everybody out there listening. Hello, Lori and Julia. I haven't seen you all day. I know. Where have you been hiding? Well, uh, B. Arthur has commandeered my studio to get the uh, Christmas uh, Carol Peterson podcast ready. Right. So I've been back to working at home. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of nice, but, uh, yeah, I don't. it's kind of weird. I just drive in at the last minute. Hey, what are we talking about today? Right. Oh, Matt <laughs> Belanger Day. Okay. We got a bunch of fun stuff coming up Yeah, today. we do. I see, we... I see Matt Belanger on the sheet. That's I see Chris good. Hewitt on the sheet. Mm-hmm. I see an author on the sheet. Yes. We got a lot going on, and um, we have to start with two notable lives well-lived. And, okay. Julia, these were both in the Star Tribune today, and... One of our favorite authors, one of our favorite books. She's written several books, but Kate Quinn. Oh, yeah. The Huntress, Alice Network. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she writes historical fiction, really World, World War, War II, II. About women's women. roles, about the amazing women. Right. And the yes. Alice Network was about, um, you know, the French and Belgian and other women that helped, helped in the, the resistance. Right. So last week we find out, you know, in r- talking about Chuck Yeager's life, that he, when he was shot down in World War II, that resistant fighters, you know, helped him do the crossing from France to Spain over the Pyrenees Mountains. Right, and right, so, right, right. That we'd only hear about usually in the Tour de France. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and and knew about it from the Alice Network right? because she talked about that. So the uh, the woman we're remembering today is Janine de Grief, Araco. She was a... Je- Janine de Grief? De Grief, a okay. G-R-E-E-F. She was 95 years old. She died in her Brussels care home. The, the corona didn't get her, but she was born in 1925, and she was a 14-year-old... Belgian schoolgirl when the Nazis invaded in May 1940. This could also maybe get people to put into perspective, you know, because this feels like such an apocalyptic year to so many of us. Yes. Just to put into perspective, like, okay. We didn't, we didn't have to worry about being bombed every day. That's right. Uh-huh. So with, because she was so young at 16, she became a member of the Belgian resistance mm-hmm. and she helped smuggle smuggle hundreds of allied um, airmen, mostly British, but 108 Americans through Nazi-occupied France to neutral Spain. She and her father and her mother, who was called Tante Go, which means Aunt Go, and her older brother were credited with saving more than 320 of the 800 airmen 
wow. who survived being shot down over Belgium, just Belgium wow. alone. And at every step, and I don't know if you watched that show, World Without End. It was on Masterpiece, maybe earlier this summer. It was a six-part. No. So, so no. good. Oh, God. Um, but anyway, at every single, because we kind of see this storyline with how youth could play on the side of resistant fighters. So at every step of the of the way, she was in danger of capture. She would have been executed immediately, which that happened to many of her Belgian comrades, 250 of whom died in Nazi concentration camps. And she was believed to be among the last surviving members of what was called the Comet Line, which is what the resistance underground network in belgium was called mm-hmm. and it was founded by in 1941 by a 40 a 24 year old nurse right who started it and so you gotta love the women i know by the time <laughs> she was 19 she had made more than 30 dangerous trains by uh trips by train tram bicycle or on foot from france to the Spanish border with allied airmen under her wing she would often pretend to be their daughter or little sister so before they would embark on these life or death voyages, she would teach the airmen, all carrying false passports, that her father and her brother forged basic answers in French or German. And she told the American airmen, never jingle the change in your pockets. Mm-hmm. That's a clear sign you're an American. Okay, uh, Not to chew gum, because Europeans rarely chew gum, and to avoid a swaggering walk and instead compose themselves like someone whose country had been occupied by another army right and uh like hopeless yes hopeless yes and once she'd escorted small groups of airmen to the last safe house in france which was below the foothills of the pyrenees um then she would walk or cycle with them to meet the basque mountain guides who would take them over what book did we just read about this i know we, we just had an author on Lori. i'm I just know. like reliving like someone we interviewed six months ago yeah at so the most that's where i wanted to i we we do we're like talking our, about a life well lived julian de grief janine janine i was going to quiz you and rocco on that but very good um but it would take seven days to walk over the mountains and they'd have to avoid the nazis in France, and then the Spanish paramilitary police and the airmen were then usually picked up by agents of Britain's M-19 wartime, their intelligence yep, yep, service, yep. like the CIA. And one of the British airmen she saved was... Uh, Think of th- how brave you had to be I, at I 16. I, I know it. And she, anyway, there are people that found her later, but I wondered if she was one of the people. I don't know where Chuck Yeager was shot out, shot down. This but. was a, a, a international obit. It wasn't a Minnesota relation no, at all. No, yeah, no, no. Wow. And she, when Hitler's forces rolled into Belgium, she and her brother and her parents and grandmother fled, and they were going to sail to the U.S., but they decided to stay and resist the Nazis. And they established a chain of safe houses. The brother and father did the um, forgeries, and she did the escorting. And she received the uh, British King's Medal for Courage. She got the U.S. Presidential Medal of Freedom, as well as Belgian and French awards. She never married, and she never had children. Hmm. So That's a life, 95 years old, that's a life... Yeah, well lived. Yeah, and Bob Frost, a British airman who was rescued by her, she didn't bat an eyelid. A real heroine, that girl. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, 
That's a you. that's a life full of. Can I tell you something? Yes. That a basketball player is that that is doing that's really cool. Rocco, you may know of Larry Nance Jr. from the Cleveland right. Cal- Cavaliers. So he is so worried about the small businesses in Cleveland, and he's trying to figure out what can I do to support them. Mm-hmm. So he sent out a tweet or an Instagram telling everybody in Cleveland, go buy something from a local store. I'm an XL. Send it to me. Give me the information about how people can buy it, and I will wear it when I play the exhibition games, you know, because they're not starting their season until close to Christmas. Okay. And so he said he will whatever... Um, and then he's going to sell his jersey every night, and whatever price someone pays for it, he'll match it and give it back to the local store that he's featuring. That's cool. And he just said, "These are our cities. These are our. This is our city. This is our community. This is a time of need. Go Cavs!" I thought that's pretty that cool. is so cool. That's, yeah, that's, I like. It's nice to have feel goods. You know, much. feel goods as my face. I've had a celebrity peel, and I feel I don't feel great. You just feel hot. I feel warm. Very hot. I feel warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've i had major laser work done, Rocco. You can't see me, and today I'm okay with that. I, I I'm very okay it. with that. No, yeah. I look like I just put my face in a can of tomato soup. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I really do. No, whenever I go I'm to so, get a I, It's been 15 months. I'm so excited. Casey goes, are you coming home with the red face or a good <laughs> face today? And I go, no, that celebrity peels only twice a year. This, I'm coming home with a relaxed face. Right. But hopefully, I'm going to look five days younger when the saw that I'm kidding. It's amazing. It's amazing it what it does. Amazing, but but it is. Beauty is it, pain. We did it in the olden days without the nitrous oxide. Oh, how did we ever do that? Hey, did we do nitrous that? involved? Okay. Yeah, serious. Okay. okay. I want a celebrity. Peer. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. Seriously, when I was doing it today and I'm having the laughing gas yeah, or yeah. whatever it's called, and it I'm like, may, oh, I'm like so I don't relaxing. think it's working. Oh, yeah. I said. Turn it up. And it wasn't though. Okay. And so sometimes she turns it the sometimes nozzles. the nozzle and she turns it on. And I'm like, okay, because I was freaking out. And right. then I'm like, okay. Well, Casey, how did we ever do it I before? Don't know. Casey had a dental appointment. It was kind of like an invasive thing. And I said, get the gas. He goes, I've never had nitrous. I come home last night and he goes, why didn't you tell me about nitrous? Well, I, I said, listen to my radio show. I've been an advocate for nitrous. She's oxide. done it for years. If I get my teeth cleaned, Rocco, I pay the extra. Oh, you do? You do I that? He does. The sound. I just tense and clench. Mm-hmm. That scraping sound. <laughs> I I just that blows yeah, me you. away. Yeah, are you with me? I don't like that scraping sound. And the only one or two times I've had nitrous, I was like, that is kind of fun. Yeah, no, go ahead and you you have to pay. It's usually not covered by your insurance, but it like might be, you know, 50 bucks or it's something. So but worth it's it. so worth it. All it's right, so worth it. We come back. Uh, it's our Matt Belanger. It's Thursday. Hang on a sec. Let me get Matt in here. It's that time of the week. Time for... It's Matt Belanger. 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 Is that it? It's Matt Belanger. No. Belanger. Want to try again? It's Matt Belanger. Juliet, that's not even how you pronounce Bazinga. It's Matt Belanger. Don't listen to them. It's Matt Belanger. It's Matt Belanger. 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 It's Matt Belanger. Oh, Maddie. Matt, you know who you are, right? <laughs> yeah, Hi. I know who I am, and slowly everyone else is learning too, I guess. It always makes <laughs> us laugh. Hi. Yeah. How's how are my how are the how are the women responsible for getting me into radio doing today? How are y'all doing? Uh, oh gosh, doing well, thank you. Good. Where you are. Yeah, it's Thursday, so you know, we're looking at the weekend and a short week next week, so we can deal with it. Yeah. 
this celebrity peel you're talking about oh. sounds absolutely horrifying. Oh, Why yeah, it's like, but it, but it honestly, it's, it, it's it, magic. But you don't have to worry about it. You're still producing collagen in your plump young <laughs> face. Yes, and, it, and it, let's be honest, there are two uh, things with television. You know, women are expected to be gorgeous, right? And and the more haggard and old a man looks, like it's just the more credible he is. I mean, that's just the way that it is. Yeah, yeah. when is that going to change? We're like damn sick of it. Tell Better. me about it. Yeah. All right. So give us, uh, just give people an update on, uh, you know, what, because uh, you probably, I was watching you this morning, you have it down, you know, maybe a little bit, of a synopsis of what's going on with the governor walls and what the restrictions lifting and what's happening and changing where are we at with the vaccine <laughs> yeah got it yeah. give us well, the news the, the big news with with the vaccine the vaccine right now is that the independent group from the food and drug administration's taking a look at moderna's vaccine now we are expecting emergency authorization of, of use of that vaccine and a similar rollout like we've seen with pfizer so then we'd have two being distributed across the country and uh, the word on the street is there's more of this moderna vaccine to go around so like minnesota would be getting much more in this kind of wave uh, more people could be immunized that's good news on the vaccine front when it comes to minnesota and the governor and the restrictions four big items i'm going to mention quickly okay. here and these take effect saturday number one everybody's thinking about holiday gatherings right because right. It's christmas next week and so here's what you need to know well, the state is allowing for two households to get together inside with a group of up to 10 people. Obviously, social distancing and mask wearing is still encouraged. And there's a caveat. They're allowing for this. But the recommendation from the state is still not to get together with anybody else outside of your household. So right. they're allowing it. But it's not the recommendation. I know. I uh, always think, what is Dr. Fauci doing? And, you know, his he's a right. Christmas Eve birthday and he said it is just he and his wife and his three daughters all in their 30s will be the first Christmas in his life he's ever spent without his kids. But he said, yeah. you stay I home. Mean, a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just kind we of are staying doing in it. their silo and staying safe. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you go outside and have a kind of an outside gathering, you can have up to three households and 15 people. So some people might choose to go that way. And that is the state's guidance. Second bullet point. Um elementary students there's a plan from the state to get uh, some of those elementary students back for in-person classes in schools and school districts right now are kind of weighing how they're going to respond to that because remember that decision's ultimately up to each and every individual school district so a lot of parents waiting to see what uh, their child's school district's going to be doing with that gyms can reopen uh, a couple of caveats. Um, you got to stay, stay 12 feet apart from people and always keep your mask on when you're working out, even if you're, you know. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Doing cardio before that you could remove it, but now you have to keep it on the whole that, time. That never uh, made any sense. I know. Right, right. So that this is the new change here, uh, but mm-hmm. they can reopen at 25% capacity, and the sh- you can't take a shower. So 
our uh, chief political reporter, Tom Hauser, is speculating that deodorant sales are just going to skyrocket here <laughs> because you're not allowed to take a shower after you work out at the gym. Um, and then the indoor uh, dining ban continues all the way through January 10th. Uh, the governor d- d- is allowing for outdoor dining. Mm-hmm. He's acknowledging, look, it's cold. He gets it. But he, some breweries and, and places were kind of asking for that because maybe people could stand outside, have a, have a beer under like a heater. So that's really why the state uh, did that. They realized yeah. no one's going to have a big sit down meal at a, a tablecloth table outside. Right. Uh, Although that's they're, not what that was about. They're doing that in New York City. There were people in the snow mm-hmm. under the heat lamps because New York City has just gone all out and doing outdoor dining, Patty, you know, for their and, dining. And, yeah. And, and there, obviously there were a lot of restaurants and bars upset by this guidance. And uh, there is a contingent of them kind of defying the state's order. And our news coverage is staying on top of that. I mean, yes. they're they're staying open and serving people inside even when they shouldn't be and so watch for coverage on on that but that is against what the state is saying obviously do they risk uh, so that's going to be an update with where the COVID stuff stands do they risk losing their liquor license doing that yeah Eey. oh yeah big and time. a fine it was a big time hefty fine oh, and boy. a possible liquor license suspension for two months yeah uh, wow. is what we've seen so that's that's pretty big all right well thank you for that update i will just add to the yeah. gyms that classes will start like in, in january 4th or something january like that. 4th okay yeah check with your gym yes. we've got a little time to talk some tv ladies please yes oh okay so two things i got to talk about first i binged the selena series which okay is on netflix and everyone knows the, the movie uh, you know, that yes, kind of, uh, told her life story, and it's just a horribly tragic ending to that, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, so I, I dove right into this series, and the one thing I will say to people who haven't maybe done it yet is it's very well done. I was sucked in right away. It's, I mean, it's just a remarkable story that's told in mm-hmm. all kinds of different ways. But be prepared in this series to go really, really deep dive on the early years for Selena. We're talking lots of, about the family, the early, you know, how she got to start in the family restaurant and then the early touring on the bus. Um, it, I, I watched the whole series to the point and we, we're, we're, we're still at that point talking about the family. We haven't really gotten to the, the peak of her success yet. Okay. And, and, right. and a lot of people are, you know, when they watch the movie, that's kind of the moment they're waiting for. If you binge this, you're not even going to get to that part yet. You've got to wait for the next wave Six of season. Uh, series to come down. Yeah. Oh, really? But, uh, okay. Well, that that's a yeah. good warning. Well, she was yeah. she was you know killed, murdered yep. at the age of twenty three. So if they, yeah, I guess they that maybe is setting up the story. I know her husband is feeling excluded, but they haven't even gotten to that part of the story. So maybe he shouldn't complain yet. Well, that, right, exactly. They didn't even get there. And um, if you're waiting to hear, you know, those famous songs that became very famous in America, mm-hmm. you don't hear those in this series up to this point because they didn't get to that point. But you the, liked it. The timeline of it yet. You yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was very well done. Are you watching uh, the finale tonight of The Flight Attendant? Oh, gosh, another one I just cannot get enough of. And I it, it, I am so excited for that. Yeah, I will be among the viewers tonight for that one. Yeah. That's it, uh, HBO Max, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, Matt, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye, everybody. All right, bye. bye. All right, when we come back, Murphy Morrison is joining us about her amazing book, Ashes, Ashes. And uh, happy Thursday, everybody. We are absolutely delighted to have Murphy Morrison with us. Her, I think, debut novel, Ashes to Ashes, um, is 
Ashes, Ashes, Sorry, Murphy, is a page-turner. Lori and I both loved it. It's from a, a brand-new publishing house here in the Twin Cities, Hadley House. And um, Murphy, Murphy, you grew up here. You live in Chicago, Hello. and you wrote a great book. Can you give everybody oh. the setup? Yes, I can. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, Ashes, Ashes is a crime fiction thriller, and it takes place in Chicago. And everything really starts off when Charlie McMahon, who is a firefighter, is called to the scene of a fire where women are found burned alive and chained to a wall. Yeah, like boom, right away. The action starts. (laughs) Yes, and then as the women are identified, the crime scene becomes more personal to Charlie. And I think, you know, from there, the story just really unfolds as we learn more about the crime scene in general the victims, um, not only from Charlie's perspective, but also from Talia, who is a nurse, and Jeff, who is a detective. Were you interested, Murphy, were you interested in, I mean, what piece of the book came to first? I mean, what what got you to come up with this story? Was it trafficking? You know, people being trafficked? Was it, did the hot fire fighter come to you in a dream? Lori, Lori, of course, is asking that, Murphy, because I think you might have heard our show before. (laughs) Yes, I definitely have. Um, it was actually the trafficking aspect. So it was. the whole firefighter and um, all the play on fire that you see throughout the book didn't actually come in until closer to the end of the writing process. So, yes, it, it definitely started with the trafficking aspect. Like you read it's, a story or, I mean, what, or you're like, more people need to know that this is happening? Because I remember a couple of years ago when uh, restrooms and airports started putting up are you being trafficked or, you know, like putting those Mm -hmm. in the restrooms? So I was just wondering where, where that came up for you. Yeah. So it actually, um, so I, I live in Chicago and there's just inspiration everywhere. So this, the idea actually came to me when I was waiting for a train one night and it was getting dark and I was just looking into a dark alley and I was just thinking, Oh my gosh, what would I do if I witnessed a kidnapping right now? And kind of what would that first step be? And of course, you know, question just kept snowballing and snowballing after that, which eventually led to the storyline that would become Ashes, Ashes. Is this your first book? This is my first book uh, that I have published with the publishing house. Okay, but you've written other books before, so we could Because I was trying to figure it out, and I, it's so good, um, and just, this, this is just, what an exciting venture for you, because we couldn't put it down. It's fast paced. It's so fast, which we love with a thriller. You know, take us through. Thank you so much. And all the little things going on. It's it's this perspective, three different points of view. And I didn't know, couldn't figure it out. No. There it's hats off to you because we read a ton of thrillers. We couldn't figure it out. Mm -mm. Oh, thank you. I love hearing that. And um, and yeah, so my first book with the publishing house has definitely been a process. Um, This Ashes Ashes took six years to write, and it was a lot of trial and error. And um, you know, taking classes and just learning as much as I could about the writing process. So hearing the feedback since it released has just been the most surreal and, and incredible experience. Oh, that's so great. You know, one of the things about um, the the book is that, you know, you're talking about all these different perspectives and um, it's such a darn good book. And I forgot what question I was going to ask. So I'm <laughs> circling back around to it, but it's an observation. I loved how much you thanked your siblings, how how this was kind of an all play in your family and your 
hats off to your mother and your experience, yeah, the writing experience with her every day. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so it's funny, you know, that everyone who has reached out about my story, an overwhelming amount of people always mention the acknowledgments. And a few of them have said they teared up when reading it. And mm-hmm. I, my response has always been, well, I teared up when writing it because it, it was almost impossible to put into words um, just how grateful I was, you know, like you touched on. I just have the most supportive network, family and friends, and just, you know, the Minnesota population in general. It's been amazing. Um, so, yeah, my siblings, my dad have all been so supportive. And then when I was struggling with the storyline a little bit, my mom offered to read the first chapter and provide me feedback, which, of course, turned into the second chapter and the third. And um, she just, you know, dedicated so much time to providing me feedback and um, just giving me her opinion on the storyline. We're talking with uh, Murphy Morrison, and her book is Ashes, Ashes. And if you are a fan of uh, crime fiction, fast-paced thriller, this is a great so book for you to uh, snuggle up with um, over the next couple of weeks. Maybe have some time off and also you know, buy a book and support a local bookstore. Absolutely. And, and your <laughs> publishing house is also doing, you guys are doing a special for our listeners, for oh, my good. talk listeners today. So if you yes. want to buy the Kindle version of Ashes, Ashes, it's $7.99 regularly. But today through tomorrow night, it's $4.99. There you go. On, on Kindle. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge Kindle discount. So for $5, this book is so good. Or go to your local bookstore yes. and do all that kind they of stuff. You need a stocking stuff. And you're, you're the first um, people that have done that. We have not had the discount on the Kindle version before. So that's kind of oh, cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. So when, you know, this is your first book that you published, you know, so... Um, the process, it, you said it took six years. Are you already starting on your next one, or are you taking a deep breath and enjoying um, the accolades and doing press, or where are you at in your process for write, continuing writing? Yes, yeah, so I did. I took a deep breath for about a day. As <laughs> one does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as one does. Um, and then I, I started on my next novel, which I'm currently working on now, and it is another crime fiction thriller that takes place in Chicago. Um, It's not a direct sequel to Ashes, Ashes. It has a new cast of three characters who you'll get to know a little bit, but some of the Ashes, Ashes characters will make an appearance in this next one as well. That's very smart. That's Mm -hmm. good. I I like that. I like that. And you tweeted at us today, and oh, we love your little bulldog, your Frenchie. It's so cute. Thank you, yes. Yeah, she wanted to be in the room with me today, but she snores a lot. So, oh, Birdie, Birdie, outside. <laughs> Birdie snoring somewhere else. Yes, um, Murphy. Who is your favorite um, crime fiction author? Like, who do you love to read, or that you got inspired by? Yeah, so I, I the first um, author I was actually inspired by was John Grisham, and he. I just loved his legal thrillers. I thought they were you know, short mm-hmm. to the point, And I always learned something new when I was reading them. So he was kind of the first author I became hooked on. But um, recently, I, you know, my auto buy authors, I would say, yeah. have been Megan Miranda, Jessica Knoll, and Ruth Ware. I just love oh. their thrillers and um, and I'm always engaged with their storylines. Yeah, we are. Do you have a last great book that you loved? 
I do. I actually, I just read Don't Look For Me by Wendy Walker. Um, and it's essentially about a mom of two named Molly who goes missing and her family and everyone close to her assumes that she just walked away from her life. But as you continue reading, you start realizing that may not be the case. So it's very thrilling. I, I love that. And go I ahead. Could, well, Murphy, I could this, see this story, Ashes, Ashes. Like, I could see this being like a limited series. Yeah. Like it could be a six to eight, like like Callie Coco did in the flight attendant. I would like Callie yes. Coco to option this. You have and, great female roles. You know, you've I'm got just a lot saying, of great roles. Yeah, that this would be kind of right. It's sort of in that you know the vein of the Chris Bohaley and the flight attendant, which you know. So I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just tweet at her and give her an idea. I'm always trying to do. Lori that. tweets at Reese Witherspoon, yeah. and Kelly Kyoko, and and Gary oh, well, Washington. Kerry, Anybody. Anybody who I think could option it and make a good thing. But, I mean, have you thought about that? Or you're just like, oh, everybody gets the option and then never happens. <laughs> no, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. I think that would be the dream, you know, right. to see it play out in a movie or TV show. I've heard, I've heard a few people compare it also to Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Yeah. And I'm also, and Lori and I are getting into producing now. Yes, she doesn't know yet. And I would love this. I would love this. But remember what? Patrick Swayze's, the last thing he did was he played the Chicago police detective, and it was kind of a gritty, dark series. And I I can't remember the name of it, but um, it was filmed in Chicago. Yes, it was. And Chicago really. When there's something that's filmed there, it's just an iconic place because you've got so many recognizable sites. I don't know. To yeah. me, it would be a, a. I just could see this. I'm going to tweet Callie. She, Cuoco she will do it, Murphy. And just let her know that your that book is available. Amazing. It was called The Beast, Lori. The Beast. Yeah, yeah, we had a weird name. You know, if you're oh. just joining us, the book we give it big, big, big thumbs up. Ashes, ashes. Murphy Morrison. Murphy, are you obviously Irish? Um, <laughs> And you're from, are you from, where in the cities did you grow up? I grew up in Mendota Heights. Okay, because I remember G.C. Murphy's at, um, I'm way older than you, and I remember. um, What is J.C. Murphy's? It was G.C. Murphy's. It was at Snelling. It was a store. And then there was. Julia thinks all the Murphy's are related. No, no, but, (laughs) or Halloran Murphy. No, but there's a lot, whatever, whatever. Anyway, the book is fantastic. We are delighted. We have two copies to give away. Um, 651-641-1071. If you haven't gotten a book lately, um, please call us. And also, thank you to Hadley um, House Publishing and yourself. The Kindle version of Ashes, Ashes, today through tomorrow night, is just four ninety nine. Murphy, it's a, it's a great so buy. Much. Yes, thank you both so much for having me on. It was great speaking with you. It yeah. was our pleasure. We'll talk to you for your next book. Lori's working on... I'm working, working on my on. tweet. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll watch for the tweet. I'll but I, the tweet. you know what? I'm not going to tweet Callie today because it's going to get lost in the flight attendant finale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Lori, Lori's People, planning it for next week. I'm a PR you know, guru in my mind, and I feel like she's going to get too many things coming her way, you know, because la, 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 the show's ending. She's so, right. my timing is going to be key on this, so just stay tuned. Okay. Happy holidays to you, honey, and thank you for your time. And we are going to be right back because some people quit after the big yell. Yeah.
Well, I can report this from Hollywood. Hollywood and a lot of people are divided on Tom Cruise's reported COVID-19 tirade. People want him to know that just yelling that loudly is breaking COVID protocol. Ah, protocol because of the because of the, the everything that's going. But yes. um, it's um, we, GMA had. Here's a story about just how different people are reacting. We also have Leah Remini uh, responded um, because, of course, she in her book, if you remember, talks about an incident where Tom Cruise lost his mind because the kitchen staff, she writes about it in her book. At the Scientology Center? No, at his house. Leah and her daughter had come over to make cookies with Katie and Suri and Tom. And Tom lost his mind, lost his mind, like he lost his mind on the set about that there weren't all the right ingredients for chocolate chip cookies in the house at that moment. Their house should always... Oh, I mean, and how, like, she, she just, that was one of her examples of, like, how he flies off the rails. So we have her response, but let's start with the GMA report. This morning, we're hearing more from that leaked recording of Tom Cruise berating members of his Mission Impossible 7 crew for reportedly violating COVID safety protocols. I trust you guys to be here. We shut down, it's going to cost people jobs. Their homes, their families. That's what's happening all the way down the line. I care about you guys. If you're not going to help me, you're gone. Okay? The audio obtained by the UK's The Sun newspaper was reportedly recorded after Cruz saw two crew members huddled together near a monitor on the London set of his blockbuster movie. But you see that stick? How many meters is that? When people are standing around a computer, and hanging out around here. What are you doing? And while Cruz is used to putting himself on the line for the franchise, as one of the film's top producers in the midst of a pandemic, he's putting others on the line too. More than two million jobs are supported by the entertainment industry. And in a year where the box office is getting blasted, estimated to rake in just $2.3 billion compared to 2019's $10.5 billion, every decision counts. Uh-huh. Which, of course, you know, and then apparently he had a second rant on the set, maybe about who leaked it to the sun. Right. Maybe that. He had a second rant and five people on the movie quit. Wow. That was yesterday. Right. right. Okay, because remember the yeah, tirade, yeah, 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 the yeah. berating tirade happened the day before that. Right, right, We're right. in London time. Do we have one more? Okay, here we go. Cruz has been showing support for the suffering industry during the pandemic, masking up to watch Tenet in the theater this summer. While The Sun reports five crew members have quit since the audio was released, Cruz is also getting public support for his message about protecting the film industry, including from fellow stars like Whoopi Goldberg, Ava DuVernay, and George Clooney, who spoke to Howard Stern on Sirius XM. It's tricky, right? You you do have a responsibility for everybody else, and he's absolutely right about that. And if the production goes down, a lot of people lose their jobs. I understand why he did it. He's not wrong at all about that. You know, I just, I don't know that I would have done it quite that personally. There are a lot of people saying, you know, he was out of line. He should not be yelling at people like that. That, you know, he's the boss there. That's not, that's not the kind of set you want to run. Then there are other people saying, you know what? He's the boss there. And he's responsible for the health of everyone on that set. 
really, I just wanted to hear. I thought, what does Leah Remini think? Because Mm -hmm. she knows him. Yeah, she does know him. And it makes us uncomfortable because, I mean, the Xenu, the Scientology. I mean, first of all, Scientology doesn't even believe COVID is real. I mean, David Miscavige in the Church of Scientology. Oh, yeah, they called it bull bait and all this other stuff. But they want to give the appearance now this was, you know, like back in April when they called that and they accused the Daily Beast of having a terrible agenda for even asking them about COVID. But, I mean, it is, I thought about it, and he was out of line 100% on the way he was screaming. Well, the screaming 100%, but the message, we didn't. Th- I didn't but think was. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. No one is really supposed to be above, you know, anybody else and how you speak. And George was kind of tiptoeing around mm-hmm. it. But, um, and we don't know in what context it was, but Leah Remini, she uh, sent a statement. A former Scientologist. That's right. Who knew Tommy very well and went to the funeral and a wedding and asked where's, where's, where's she- Shelly. And then really pretty much got put in Florida and had to do all this horrible, horrible auditing and pay yeah. extra money and right, horrible right. stuff before she finally resigned. I mean, never forget that Katie and Suri had to flee from him and yeah. he alienated. I mean, he's done a lot. So here's what she said. She said, you know, okay, t- for she writes, Tom Cruise claimed he does not get so much as a cold because of Scientology. All scientists believe if they aren't connected to suppressive people, they won't get sick. So that's first and foremost where he's coming from. And then she gives some Scientology stuff, and she said, you know, um, uh, she said, Tom's reaction released yesterday shows his true personality. He's an abusive person. I've witnessed it. I've been a recipient on a small level, and I've been told of similar abuse by his former girlfriend, his employees, and his friends. This is the real Tom. This was the same reaction Tom gave his household staff about the cookie story I told you. This is the type of tirade Tom launched into when an assistant had the audacity to serve him tea in a chipped mug. This is how he reacts. She said he doesn't care. She goes on to write. She said he doesn't care about the abuse that the employees of Sea Org uh, get. He doesn't care about the abuse that families that are told to disconnect he doesn't care and she goes on and she says and he doesn't care about the families of Cruz. this is all for publicity i mean how anyone is falling for this is mind-blowing i would bet that tom had this rant written for him and had his scientology assistant recording release it hearing a rich actor with enormous power address his crew in this way is a sign of weakness and a deeply troubled person this is not just a rant of another a-hole um, she's really, and she said, Tom addressing his crew this way is clear indication he's abusing his power. He thinks this is normal behavior. And to a Scientologist, it is normal behavior. She said, no one needs to be addressed by Tom. She said, on a movie set, there are COVID officers who monitor mass wearing. Crews are separating into groups and everyone, the wardrobes have their own zone. Everyone has wristbands. She said they cannot mix with other zones. The set is, she goes into great detail. There are COVID monitor officers assigned to every single production. There are already strict guidelines. She said that my short answer to how I feel about another one of Tom's psychotic rants being exposed, I'm getting small 
bleep energy from Tom. Yeah. Okay. So she is like, she said, people praising him. It's just a farce. It's all of this. So she is just like, and several people that we like, uh, a reporter for the Huffington Post, Yashar Ali and Marlo Stern for the Daily Beast. They both have covered Scientology four years and they just said... For the love of Zenu, stop praising this guy. He turns a blind eye to so much abuse, and his public image is one thing. So he had a second rant, and mm. five people quit. So I don't know. There we go. There we go. But he likes to be the savior of things. We've always had stories of him saving things. Well, he lives. You car pull accidents. over the side of the road. He and can save heal. People. Yeah, he is so, a healer. All right. Anyway, well, there's there something go. else to think about just in that. That's whole another context. perspective.